<laughs> Welcome, everybody. We're back. This is uh, Three Plastic Surgeons at a Microphone. Uh, Dr. Sal Pacella from San Diego, California. At San Diego Plastic Surgeon is my Instagram handle. We have Dr. Sam Ree here from uh, Paramus, New Jersey. His uh, Instagram handle is at Bergen Cosmetic. And we've got uh, Dr. Sam from Dallas, Dr. Sam Jajurikar. <laughs> um, and his uh, Instagram handle is, I always mess this up, it's at Sam Jajurikar or at Dr. Sam Jajurikar. At Sam Jajurikar. All righty. Welcome back, everybody. I've been on hiatus for a couple weeks. Had a little bit of a knee injury I was recovering from, but I'm back, at least to, to speak on the mic. Here we go. And today's topic, we're going to be talking about Breast implant sizing, one of our favorite subjects. But prior to that, I'm going to hand it over to these guys to do a little disclaimer. Yes, uh, we want to remind everyone that this show is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is for informational purposes only. Treatment and results may vary based upon the circumstances, situation, and medical judgment after appropriate discussion. Always seek the advice of your surgeon or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding medical care and never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking advice because of something you saw on this show. And with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Dr. Sam Marie to lead this discussion. Thanks, Sam. It's good to see you back, Sal. Hope your recovery's been going. Today, we're gonna to be talking about breast implant sizing. So this is one of those things that we talk to every one of our breast dog patients about, and it's probably one of the most important choices patients make when they opt to have breast augmentation. The number one reason for surgical revision after breast augmentation is changing your breast implant size. And so if you can get it right the first time, that is really important. Breast augmentation is one of the most common procedures that we do as plastic surgeons with cosmetic surgery. Last year, it was uh, 193,000 times. Uh, it was performed over 193,000 times in 2020, down a little bit from 2019, probably due to COVID. I think all cosmetic procedures were down a little bit, but it's still like one of the top two, three cosmetic procedures that we do. And your surgeon and how they help you decide what size you want to be is incredibly important. What are some of the intra introductory types of information or things that you say to your patients when they come to you and they ask Dr. Pachel in San Diego or Dr. Jurakar in um, Dallas, what size should I be? Guys, I, I'm confused. I thought it's this topic is very easy, right? Because there's, aren't there like just three sizes, right? A, B, and C, and no one wants to be an A, right? So B, C, and D, right? It's that simple. So the reason we make the reason we joke about this is because obviously the language that we use as plastic surgeons to describe size and describe shape, it doesn't really translate into the patient world because when you go to shop for a bra at Victoria's Secret, it's B, C, or D, right? And so many patients come in and we talk about sizing. What size would you like to be? I'd like to be a large C. And so the, the key to understand here, I think for patients and surgeons alike is it, it's C is a very broad category. It's small, what I, I liken it to is small, medium, large. And so if you go to a tailor, you're gonna get fit, you're gonna get size, you're gonna get your inseam, et cetera. You may be a 36 regular or a 44 short. So there are many different aspects to sizing than just the BCD component. And uh, follow up on that as well. When I first started in practice, and maybe this is true with you guys as well, I thought I was great at figuring out cup sizes. I thought I could look at something and say, 
that's a C cup, that's a D cup. And the further, the more of this I do, the less confident I am in cup sizes. And I think one of the biggest things is, I think years ago, Victoria's Secret was probably the first one, but they realized from their brilliant marketing people that if they make cup sizes seem larger than they actually are, so they use some degree of cup inflation, if you will, they sell more bras. So there's a lack of consistency amongst stores. So when patients want to talk in terms of cup sizes, I very quickly try to return it to more of a dimensional analysis. And following up on Sam's initial question, what are the things that we always... Luckily, I think the trend is switching. But up until three or four years ago, it seemed as though people always came in with this notion that I need to go a little bit bigger than I think that, that I want because all my friends tell me I'm going to regret it if I don't go larger. But I think with some of the, the celebrities that Sam is, is talking about, some of the just the general increasing awareness that's happening in society, people realize now that... I need to pick the size that I think matches my body. It's not just about going bigger. And so what we try to do, and I know we're going to talk about this more, is bring it back more to their measurements, their goals, and not just focus on cup sizes. And we know that over time, people's image of their body changes. And we've seen, and we all do over time, what we think our ideal body shape is can change from 20s to 30s to 40s. And last month, there was a, a highly prominent feature in, in People Magazine with Paula Abdul, who's now 58. She uh, underwent breast revision surgery to remove implants that she felt were a little bit too big for her body. She felt they were weighing down her chest. And she said, as years go by, gravity happens. I felt they were too big for my frame. I wanted to, she wanted to change. So just remember that when you do decide what your implant size is going to be, you're deciding for yourself now and accept the fact that maybe in the future things may change, but you shouldn't go, as Sam said, bigger just because you think you in the future you're going to regret that you went bigger. Choose what you think you should be right now, and typically that'll make you the most happy. I want to go off on what you said about cup size. 34C is such a meaningless number, as you said. and. When I see patients, they have padded bras, they have underwire bras, all these bras have so many different helps for patients that it really doesn't much when I even look at the bra to understand what it is that a patient wants. And as you said, Sam, uh, Sal, small, medium, large, that's about all I can take off from what patients say about bra size. Let's and, talk you know, a little I, bit, go ahead. I, I was gonna say too, um, and then I oftentimes see patients that go in the opposite direction other than just C or D. They come in and they say, I absolutely want 375 high profile this manufacturer. And, and a lot of that comes from just doing internet searches, seeing patients with different types of implants. And oftentimes what I see is patients pick an implant based on what it looks like in that person in that photograph. And so I think the key to understand for patients and doctors alike is not every implant looks the same in every patient. There are so many characteristics in patient evaluation that we keep it that we take into account the skin thickness the breast width the coverage of the implant the existing breast size so it, it is a fairly complex process but the key comes back to the patient's diet uh, the patient's physical exam and measurements. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about physical aspects and how they impact what patient might want. So you're absolutely right. I have the same thing. A lot of patients will come in and they said, I want a 350 high profile because my friend Katie has a 350 high profile. They look awesome on her, but obviously her friend has completely different 
physical dimensions. So when you look at a patient's height and weight and their sort of chest dimensions, what are you looking for when you, and what do you talk to a patient when you see them about that? I'll lead this. I know we're all going to have a lot to add to this. It's a complicated thing. I think the first thing is you try to find out what's your goals. Do you want to look natural? Do you want people to know you have breast implants? Try to get a general sense as to what their goals are before, before making any implant decisions. Then the physical exam is huge. The things that we've already discussed, measurement. So what are we measuring? We're measuring the width of the, we're measuring the width of the breast. You want to have an implant, for lack of a better way of putting it, that actually fits within the existing dimensions of the breast. If you pick an implant that's far too narrow, it's going to sit really low on the breast and you're not going to see any of that upper pole fullness that you want. If you pick one that's really wide, it's going to go in the armpit. It's going to sit really high. It's going to look fake. And it's probably going to be more likely to stretch the tissue out. You look at the overall degree of ptosis, and for patients out there, ptosis is the amount of sag that you get of the nipple. When you have a completely flat-chested girl who has very little breast tissue, you're likely to have almost no ptosis. If you have a mom of three that's breastfed all three kids, you're likely to have a lot of sagginess of the skin envelope. And in those sorts of situations, you need, to, you need the implant a lot more to recruit some soft tissue. Sometimes you have to do some additional procedures on the skin, like a breast lift, for instance. You look at whether or not they have implants. You, and then finally, like Sal had mentioned, which is so true, when they come in and they say, I want a high-profile implant because it's going to make me look, more, look like I have more upper pole fullness, but I don't want to be too big, you have to spend a lot of time explaining to people what profiles mean and from a dimensional standpoint, how that's going to affect their look. I'll turn it over to you guys because I know I could talk forever as you can, and I don't want to be the only one doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would say that I echo everything you said, but for me, the single most important attribute to their physical exam is their breast width. On average, most women are anywhere from a, say, nine to 12, 13 centimeters sometimes if you're wide or large. And so it's important for me to understand that number because as, as Dr. Jajurakar, if you have an implant that's too wide, it may mean a uniboob situation too. And so we, we just got to nail the, the footplate of the breast correctly. And that will usually kind of range us within the certain profiles. And if someone wants a little bit more of an augmented look, that's going to be more on the high profile side. If someone wants a little bit more of a natural look on the moderate side. The implants that are on the absolute extreme profile, the what are called the moderate classic, which are very thin implants, I use those very rarely, and implants that are super round or large or high profile, I also use those rarely. Those are sometimes mostly used in a mastectomy situation. If someone wants a really large double D breast, then that's a decent implant to use. So, Yeah, I, I think I couldn't agree more with both of you guys, so especially Sam. A lot of personal considerations about the, the patient is very important. Like you said, what do they want? A natural look, a slightly augmented look, or a very obviously augmented look. They, I have patients who will come in wanting any range of those looks, and it's up to us to help achieve that. That upper pole fullness where it's full on the upper uh, part of the chest is something to definitely discuss with patients. The other thing is lifestyle. If these patients are extremely active, they may not necessarily anticipate what a very large implant might do, or at at least we have to remind them. The other thing I wanted to mention is I have a lot of patients who say, I want a lot of cleavage where the implants are very close near each other in the middle of the chest. And it really depends to some degree on their anatomy. As Sam or Sal said, it's that base diameter of the breast and where 
it's located. If they have, um, if you, if they, if their breasts are wide apart to begin with, you have to achieve a very wide breast implant, like a wide base diameter in order to try to get there. But that also means you're going to go wide laterally too on the side, which they may or may not want in order to, you know, make sure that the implant is centered appropriately on, on the chest as well. So my question for you two gentlemen, because this is something I, I've kind of evolved in my approach over, over the years is I think we, the way we're talking, we know a lot about this. We, we probably know more than the patients do by, by a long amount in terms of how to pick an implant, but clearly they have strong opinions. So how do you communicate with the patient what your goals are for them? How much say do you let them have in choosing the final implant? Do they choose the final implant? And how do you make them comfortable with that? How do you show them? Do you put implants in a bra? Do you use off the shelf sizers? Do you have them put rice in a bag? Like how do you help the patient visualize what the results are gonna be? based on your recommendation. Yep. So I have, so the, the way I do implant sizing is very strategic. So for example, many providers I know in the community, they see patients for an initial consultation, they do the sizing at that time, and that way a patient comes out of the office saying, oh, okay, I'm going to see Dr. X, and I'm, he's gonna give me a 375 and this is the cost. And so I, I don't necessarily do sizing at the initial implant appointment because the patient hasn't even decided on surgery yet. So we'll have them come back for another visit for their pre-op appointment and that's when they do the sizing. And I say, I want you to do some homework for me prior to coming back in. I said, what I want you to do is not necessarily look at the plastic surgery websites, but I want you to pick out a magazine, go online, go on Instagram, I want you to show me, bring in next time some photographs of breasts that you look like, that you want to look like in clothes, in bikinis, in bras, okay? And bring that in and we'll talk about everything, including profile, shape, size, etc. I found that just really narrows down our search really nicely because it's lost in translation, CD, 375 it just doesn't make a lot of sense so from those photographs uh, a picture's worth a thousand words i can easily say oh clearly you're looking for a higher profile implant let's be in the high profile column let's check your breast width let's look at a range of implants and we usually together pick about a range of three implants and i'll bring those into the operating room use sizers and then decide personally myself so i cannot as your surgeon guarantee you you're absolutely going to get X size implant. That's just how I do it. What about you, Sam? I've done it a couple different ways. I really do. I like Sal's photo. I do that a lot. I think that's super helpful in telling me, most importantly, how much upper pole fullness they want. Do they want it to be really obvious or not? And that you can tell a lot just from the photos that they sh that they show. I know a lot of surgeons uh, have used the plastic bags of rice or water, and I've used that um, before as well. And I think that can be helpful. I took an Allergan like seminar like maybe two or three years ago and they and this guy does i forget his name but he did a ton all he did was breast dogs and he was a huge proponent of the silicone sizers the um the ones that uh, are preformed that you can put yeah that you can get from the uh, manufacturer that you can put into a bra so we just tell patients to bring a bra not just a regular bra and we work on sizing with them with that and that has been 
incredibly helpful for a couple of reasons. One, it helps them understand the weight to a, to a certain degree. It helps them see what they might feel like with it, as opposed to, it just gives them a, a little bit of a physical sense. There are some drawbacks. I think uh, the sizers underestimate a little bit the actual um, volume of the implant. So usually I'll talk to the patient and get their leanings and adjust the final implant volume guess according to what they choose based on the sizers. And then I do what Sal does. I have a, a, usually a range of a couple different sizes that I bring into the OR intraoperatively figure out with the uh, temporary sizers, what's, if that achieves what the patient wants. And, and then that's what I will go. Ultimately that has helped me achieve a very high degree of getting what the patient's goals are but it really just does depend. And I know you use a different method, which I'm really excited to hear about because I think that's also a really good way of doing it. Yeah, I have, I have evolved in the way that I do things just because I've gotten, you know, much, much like you guys, I've, I do a lot of breast augmentation in my practice and being somewhat cynical by nature, I think 90% of patients that come in tell me they want to be natural, but maybe 50% actually mean that they want to be natural. And so the communication sometimes was difficult to get what people wanted. We would largely use the, the preformed silicone sizers like you had discussed. I actually had every breast implant made by Allergan in my, in my office. So we would, I would do measurements. I would give an assistant a range. We would spend time with a sizing bra to try to put the implants and get a sense as to what they might look like. But then once they had picked an implant, then we would have to do a lot of manipulation of the actual implant during surgery to get them that size, which sometimes would lead to people being upset. About five years ago, I switched a lot to 3D imaging. And during the pandemic, the way my, my patient flow really, the way I did breast consults really changed quite a bit. So I'm going to pull up this 3D imaging software if I can and show it to you guys. Can you, hopefully you guys can see this program here. So <clears throat> the way this image was created for this patient this was a patient who initially I did a consult on and I never even met them. They were at home. They took three pictures on their cell phone. They'd have to do one measurement. They have to measure the distance between their nipple. And, and typically we don't have the, the, the bathing suit top on here, but we're doing it for the sake of, of demonstration. So based off of that, it creates this model on your left. And you can see the patient from a variety of views. And again, this is all generated by the patient using their cell phone. And this is a program called Chrysalix, which I've used for about five years. And, and the technology is quite good. So then it creates dimensions. Um, it actually tells me what the diameter of the patient's breast is. It doesn't allow me to adequately assess her soft tissue, which is really important, but it does create dimensions. And then we do it a lot like the way you are when you go to an eye doctor. I might start off with an implant that I know is gonna fit their chest wall and be in the middle in terms of natural and they'll like it they won't like it we'll try to change the size we'll try to change the profile which basically is how much the uh, the implant will stick out and then we'll see a variety of images so what i've done on this one is just show a really large implant to get a sense as to how that might look on their body and on the right one of these high profile implants and i might tell this patient if we put implants in this large i want you to see it's going to make you look like you've gained a lot of weight even though you haven't it's going to obviously be heavy. It's going to drop over time. And then I'll show them the one in the middle, which I think fits their body much more appropriately and give them an idea. But it's helpful to even dissuade people from picking implants that don't fit their body very well. What I typically will do is I do the sizing on the first appointment, but then I'll see them for a preoperative appointment, which is reasonably quick 
to confirm the sizing that we did at the preoperative appointment. And a lot of times we'll make some modifications. I typically only use sizers these days if there's asymmetry in the cases, which is very common. So I'll use them for cases with asymmetry, but most of the time I'm pretty committed to the implant going in there. And so this has changed this has changed the way that I've that I have done my consults tremendously. And I'm a big advocate for it. It's actually sped up the consultations as well. <clears throat> I used to find that breast augmentation consults were very time consuming. And now the typical breast augmentation consult, the first one takes about 30 minutes. The follow-up one takes about 10 to 15 minutes. And, and we have very good communication and people feel a lot more comfortable. It even has this view, which every patient evaluates their results on, which no plastic surgeon can ever see, but every patient looks down and assesses the results that way. So I've, I have found it to be very helpful. I really like it in the sense that, especially with the pandemic and with more and more video consultation, the fact that I did not know that you could just have them send you pictures and then have that and use them for that 3D imaging software. That's pretty cool. I never thought I would actually be doing surgery on patients that I would not actually see until the day of surgery, but I have done that. I am doing that more now than I ever have, especially with patients from who are coming from a distance. And particularly in that regard, that would be super helpful in terms of communication. You're right, it is time consuming with the sizers. I haven't bit on the 3D imaging yet, but it's something I would consider. Ultimately, it's really about, I don't care how a plastic surgeon eventually gets to the decision-making process with the patient, as long as they truly understand what it is that the patient wants and they can achieve it, it doesn't matter what method it is, as long as they can get to that point. Clearly, this is a pretty cool way of doing it, though. I like it. It's certainly um, nothing is perfect, including 3D imaging software. And, and much like we read a disclaimer before we do this podcast, there is a disclaimer that's broadly across the bottom of this that this is there are limitations of it. But I will tell you that over the five years that I've now used this program, it's gotten really good and really accurate. And they've now about a year and a half, two years ago, incorporated an AI machine learning algorithm to it. So that they literally take these horrible cell phone pictures that patients will take and generate these incredible models that are quite good. And it's the patients don't even send me the pictures. They upload them directly to the app and they do this one measurement, which they have to do in centimeters, which for some reason confuses many people. And so sometimes you have to do some tweaking on that end, but they do this one measurement and it's pretty accurate from a sizing standpoint. But again, it's really important, even if that preoperative appointment is on the day of surgery, which is oftentimes the case for out-of-town patients, because a lot of my patients, just like you guys, come from a fair distance, you really need to confirm the measurements before you operate on that patient, because there will be sometimes changes that you make, but it's very easy to, to double-check it. I think this is super helpful, especially for patients who want to go super large, and maybe they don't have the tissue thickness that you know would really lend themselves to an optimal result, or does this take into account ptosis or sagging as well? If they have really saggy yeah. are you going to be able to see that? Yeah, this? and you can in fact simulate a breast lift. Unfortunately, I can't do that while they're wearing a bra. And I'm happy to show that to you offline when we don't have to be concerned about social media standards. But yeah, you can simulate breast lifts, different different incisions with it, show them kind of what they can expect with that as well. Um, it's good. It's not, it, well, I find it to be very helpful in the realm of breast surgery for straight augmentation and augmentation with lift. I do not find it to be that helpful for breast lift alone or for fat crafting cases, though it's getting there. They're working on that too. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's funny. I have seen patients who have come in for revisions and I think the biggest issue has been surgeons imposing their 
opinions pretty heavily on patients, almost telling patients, and I think maybe this is something that happened more, say a decade ago or, or longer, basically telling patients what size they ought to be. I even had a patient um, recently who came in who had a breast dog done. The, on the day of surgery, I couldn't even, I didn't know if this was true or not. She said the surgeon did not have the size she wanted available, <clears throat> but told her that she'd be better off going up 100 cc's. And she agreed and she said she regretted it. Now, again, this is from the patient and I did not talk to the surgeon themselves about the situation, but clearly I have encountered patients who felt like they pushed into a particular size or not based on technical considerations. Like we always want to let patients know from the, the tissue super thin, you're going to have a lot of rippling. You have other issues sagging just purely on an aesthetic basis, whether or not it looked good or not. Yeah, good choices, gents. I think I think the key to this discussion is many different ways to get to the same place. Whatever works for you works. The imaging technology is very nice and clearly is improving. Years ago, we used to have to purchase this big, massive camera machine for patients to come in, and it it was a huge uh, huge outlay of resources. So it's glad to see this is getting better. Yeah, I, th I think um, piggybacking on both of what you were saying, but particularly what Sam was saying about surgeons imposing their will, 3D imaging allows patients to make informed choices. It doesn't preclude us from giving very strong medical advice. I have found that with 3D imaging, I've been able to talk people into smaller implants than I used to before because they can actually see how it matches their body a lot better. And ultimately, as surgeons, all things being equal, we would love to err on the side of smaller implants than bigger implants because the long-term repercussions for a patient's body are, are going to be substantially less. So I've, I have found it effective as a communication. Coming from a plastic surgeon in Dallas, Texas, that's a very enlightened way of thinking. Don't, uh, don't believe every stereotype you hear. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything is bigger in Texas. <laughs> All right, gents. I think we had a great discussion today. I want to thank both of you for uh, joining today and any final parting thoughts, gents? I, I think this has been enlightening, and it's always great to pick your guys' brains on, on these topics. All right, guys. Well, signing off. Have a good Sunday.